Hello and welcome to the August DCM podcast. My name is Tom Lanay and this month I'm very happy to be joined by Claire Jones. Hello Claire. Hello, thank you for having me. And I'll explain who Claire is and then hopefully Claire will elaborate that on or, and correct me where I was wrong. <laughs> uh, Claire is a producer behind some of the best British films of recent years, Christ. most notably working <laughs> with Ben Wheatley on Kill List, Sightseers and A Field in England. Uh, this year Claire has two films in mm. cinemas, the first of which was Andy Nyman and Jeremy Dyson's Ghost Stories. And next week, as we're recording, her second film of 2018, so she's been very busy, is released on Tuesday. It's the festival, directed by Ian Kevin Morris, who is co-creator of The Inbetweeners. She's also on the board of the British Independent Film Awards, or Biffers, as they're also known, having already been nominated a whole number of times for her film work. Have I missed anything out? That wow, I mean, that like sounds so much more impressive than it feels. No, no, that was great. Although I've never heard Ian called Ian. What did you call him? Kevin Ian, Morris. Ke- Ian Kevin Morris, just known as Ian Morris. That's funny. <laughs> it's funny because he has on his Twitter account. Does Ian he? Kevin Morris, yeah. Oh, maybe that's a bit maybe of a I joke. Just refer maybe to that's him as Ian j- Morris. <laughs> Hopefully he'll listen to just this. Just call him Kevin. See how that works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Moza or something like that. Anyway, did I, I didn't miss anything out. You didn't miss anything. I mean, right, that sounds, that's that's fun. I have been really busy over the last year. I can't lie. Um, two films back to back is is pretty hard work. Because you had a bit of a gap before this one, didn't you? Was that just developing these developing, two projects? Developing, yeah. I mean, what people don't realise, what sort of the layperson doesn't realise is that it takes quite a few years to develop a film. Um, sometimes they go quicker than the others, but they're no less than a year before they before they come out. I mean, that's pretty quick if it's a year. So Ghost Stories was developing for three years? No, make that two years. And then the festival, again, two years. So it's like it does build up. And then suddenly two come out at once. Basically, is that but just because the financing all came into place at the right yeah, time? Yeah, it, it's always a myriad of reasons, um, and every single film is different. Sometimes it's because of finance, um, sometimes it's because cast availability, and sometimes it's the weather. I mean, that has really dictated a lot of when I've filmed in the past, and also when the director has a holiday booked. <laughs> that's got it. That's got, that comes into it as well. But um, but generally speaking, what really do, it's it's finance really. I think that's that is the hardest part of the filmmaking process really. So how did you get into film producing? I um, it's so funny. I've just been asked loads recently, like how do you become a producer? Um, what is the way in? And it's really hard to answer that question because I think for every producer it's completely different. Um, I I was training to be a solicitor in the city and I loved film, loved everything about film and I was pretty miserable in my job. And I suddenly, suddenly occurred to me that I'd be an okay solicitor but I'd never be a great one. And that suddenly like awareness of what could I be great at? And what do I love? And what I've always loved is film. Um, so, but I didn't have any experience. I didn't know anyone at all. Not one person in, in the industry. So I decided to offer my services as a runner on the weekends at the London Film School. So I did that while working in a law firm. So I did that for about three months. I mean, mostly I was sort of pointing where traffic should be. But you get a real clear understanding about what filmmaking is all about when you're just on set and you're talking to people and you're watching. And after three months, I was like, no, nah, that's it. I've got to I've got to do that. This is this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I um, I got a job as a receptionist at a production company. So I gave up the law and I went to this production company and said, I'd, I'd love to learn. I'd love to be anything. They were like, well, you can be a receptionist. And I was like, fine. And um, but I did say to them at the time, I said, when I come and do this job, I'm not doing it to be a receptionist. I'm doing it because I want your job. <laughs> and at the time they were like, brilliant. They just liked the fact that I would do anything 
anything for them. So um, I started there and I, I just worked my way up. I worked my way, I did production assisting, production managing, um, line producing, and then, and then finally producing. So, but I worked on a whole range of things on it, the way. It seems like even having a rudimentary legal background is really useful when making films. I'm not gonna lie, having a film background means it's been really useful in, in, in the contract, just the level and the amount of contracts that I have to sift through. I mean, obviously I've got great legal counsel and you have to when you make films, but in the lower budget stuff, especially when I started out, we didn't have anyone. So we were looking through contracts and I had to amend contracts with the, the people I was working with, other producers as well. And we had to, I really had to be sure about what I was doing. <laughs> make sure that we weren't falling into pit, uh, pitfalls. But, you know, I think contract, every, almost every day I'm dealing with a contractual issue. So Which sounds a bit, bit dull, but it's not all dull and boring. But you, ha <laughs> but you do exciting stuff as well, like yeah. interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Standing fields. Yeah. I do a lot of that, standing yeah. in fields. But, um, but yeah, legal background is definitely... It, and it also just gives you the confidence that you don't get scared by jargon, I think, and technical jargon. You sort of realise that it, it's just words and it's very easy to find out what the meaning is. What would you say are the biggest challenges you face when getting films made? Um, every film for me has been completely different. So um, with Kill List, it was Ben's, although it was Ben's second film, uh, his first film was Down Terrace, which wasn't a normal film by any stretch of the imagination. I think it cost eight grand and was shot in one week. Um, and it was so tremendous. It had such a great festival following. But so his second film sort of felt like his first in terms of the normal structure of filmmaking. And so that was really hard to get people to believe in Ben and his script that he co-wrote with Amy Jump. And so that was that was the first tack, um, you know, the first problem, getting getting people to believe in Ben as a filmmaker and the script. But then Warp came along and um, they were absolutely amazing. They fully got behind Ben and his ideas and film four jumped in, too. So as soon as you start getting partners like that, um, it becomes a lot easier. But um, but every every film has got its own unique challenges. Sightseers, for example, was the question, how do we do a film f in four weeks? around the whole country with a caravan. And, that, and that's like a really hard problem. <laughs> you know, it might sound easy, but it's not. Don't forget, you know, film units have, you know, 50 to 100 people, you've got cast to think about, you're moving from location to location, and you've got to drag around this caravan too. So yeah, it's hard. Well, so let's talk a bit more about Ben Wheatley, because regular listeners or regular listener uh, will know that I had Ben on the podcast, uh, or I interviewed Ben a few months ago. Uh, how did you come to work with Ben? Um, Ben's a very funny man, isn't he? He is a very funny very man. Very funny man. In fact, that's like how I always know Ben. It's like we're always having a laugh on set and in and, and then in every moment, really. But I started working with Ben um, when I was quite young and we first worked together on an online viral, which at the time, and, and people don't really know what virals anymore, but at the time it was sort of like a bit of co funny content that went out on the internet and that millions of people shared, or you hoped that they'd share. And so Ben did these, we did these things called Amazing Wizards for the BBC, and they were really, really funny sketches, basically. And it, Ben used to write them, direct them, um, edit them, do the post-production of them. And so we only had sort of like five grand per thing. And so we'd learn, we'd learn how to do everything ourselves. And I think 
And then Ben went on to do things like Modern Toss and all these amazing TV shows. And then our sort of our experience grew and grew and grew just from just doing it. And then and then and then Kill List came along and sort of the rest is history, really. Uh, you, you said that Ben likes to work very fast. He said that himself as well. And you said Down Terrace was made inside a week. Yeah. Do you enjoy that or does that he's, a, he's one of the most incredible directors in terms of he knows exactly what he needs to shoot. And you might think that's a funny thing for me to say, but a lot of directors don't know what they want to shoot or at least they'll overshoot so that when it comes to the edit, they'll have a myriad of options so they can put it together in the edit. Ben doesn't work like that way, although he loves to shoot options. He knows on set what he needs to shoot to, to, to make it all work in the edit. And that's because he's an editor, you know. So I think those talents have really fed into it. So he's fast on set, but helped by Laurie Rose, who is his, his DOP. DOP. And they've worked together since day dot. And they work so well together and so quickly. And really, and, and they work in, a, in, in an unusual way. They're sort of always constantly editing on set, constantly looking at it. It's, it's great. It's, it's fantastic to watch. And I think actors love that too. They like the fact that it's fast. They don't have to wait around. But also there's no hitting marks. He um, likes to work with the action, not ahead of the action. And earlier this year, you produced Ghost Stories, which was based on an absolutely terrifying stage <laughs> play. In transferring the stage play to the big screen, did that pose a different set of challenges that you were yeah, used to? Yeah, completely. And again, that, that was the, the, again, the hardest thing about Ghost Stories was I saw it. So Andy and Jeremy came to Warp Films um, saying that they wanted to develop the play. And Warp Films immediately thought of me because I worked with them on Kill List. So they brought us together. And at that time, the it was still in the theatres. So I popped over to the theatre and I think I watched it about four times in the theatre. I took my parents, my mum, uh, my boyfriend, like everyone went. And it was such an amazing play and it was incredibly visual. I could just see it working as a film. Like I could instantly see it. A, it was the, the right length. It was 90 minutes, no interval. And it was just very ambitious for, and how, how often do you see a horror film in, in the theatre really, apart from Women in Black? But this was this felt really fresh, really original, and but also harking back to the old ghost stories. Um, hammer horror. Yeah, time. hammer horror, and and you could tell that every word that was said was from a place of love of horror, and that's really exciting, isn't it? When yeah. someone's that passionate about it. So, I met them, told them how much I loved the play. I mean, I loved the play, and um, they are Andy and Jeremy are the nicest people and they've been best friends since they were 15. So they've got this shorthand, the two of them together, and they're constantly fin finishing each other's sentences. But they wrote this together, they directed the play together, and then they wrote and directed the film together. And they're so passionate about it. It was, that makes it a lot easier for my part, really. But we did have to shift the play quite a bit. Um, there was a lot of speaking to the audience in the play and we sort of cut most of that in the film. So there was quite a few drafts, but you know what was really important for me and Robin, who I produced the film with at Warp, was that we protected their vision and supported them at every step because it, it came from them and from an, a wonderful place. So we want, really wanted to protect that bubble and make sure the finances were behind that really, which they were, they were brilliant. So your latest film, The Festival, it comes out on Tuesday the 14th of August. It's directed by Ian Morris, <laughs> who is a very funny man and one of the co-creators of The Inbetweeners. It stars Joe Thomas, also from The Inbetweeners. Is it as simple as that if you like The Inbetweeners, you will like The Festival? 
I mean, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Good. absolutely, <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, I love the Imatinas. Um, I just love its puerile humour, but also like it's very intelligent behind it. And what's really nice about the Imatinas is that it's got heart, which I which I think is really important. Like you can get away with a knob ja- a nog gag, but as long as there's some sort of like nice sweetness behind it. And I think when I read the script for the festival, that's exactly what it was. It was a lot of knob ja- knob gags, a lot of cock and ball gags, blowjobs, you name it, it's got it. <laughs> but underneath it was like a really sweet core. Um, a bit of a love story and just about friends loving each other and supporting each other and and being there for each other and I think that's a really nice nice thing what can you tell us about the film or the plot well bearing in mind we haven't seen it I haven't seen seen it it. you haven't seen it so the festival um follows the um, story of a guy called Nick, who's played by Joe Thomas. And he, unfortunately, is dumped horrifically at graduation. And um, after graduation, he's in sort of horrible blues. And his best friend says that they should go to a music festival to get over the heartbreak. And, of course, they go to the music festival and the ex is there. Of course, as happens in real (laughs) life. Like, I mean, I've been there. I don't know about you, but I've been places where my ex pops up. And um, music festivals are amazing there. They're full of people, weird and wonderful things, and lots of things, it stinks of shit. Lots of people have, the stories that we have on festivals is quite amazing. And we're like, okay, well, this is just perfect for comedy. And, And so it proves that the film is really funny. Um, and I'm really, I'm really proud about how it turned out because it was really h- hard to film. Why was it so hard? Just because um, you were outdoors a lot. No, although that was an issue. It, it's just this thing of how... In my objective of doing this film was to be as ambitious as possible. And so we looked at what we could do and it's how do you make a film about festivals when you need 100,000 people and um, how, how do you do that? And so we sort of, it was like, how do we film this film? And it's not, it's dialogue. It's like comedy dialogue. So it's not like we could just go to a festival and shoot comedy dialogue. I mean, they're only on for three days at a time, so that wouldn't work. So it's like a really big problem. And then, so we sort of cracked it by gaining permission, luckily, from a guy called Melvin Benn, who runs Festival Republic, which owns a lot of f- music festivals. So you filmed at Reading, didn't you, last Leeds, year? Leeds, oh, Festival. Leeds Festival. So he owns Reading and Leeds Festival. Yeah. And so we were like, right, well, okay, there's our crowd. And so we were able to shoot with 160,000 people for the finale of the film. And which just gives it this amazing ambition, this amazing scale. And the crowd were amazing. So, yeah, I'm really happy about it must have been nerve-wracking for Joe Thomas on stage. I'm assuming he gets on stage. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what what happened? We filmed Kasabian's set on Saturday night. And what the plan was, we filmed Kasabian's set, but we'd cut Kasabian out and make our own stage elsewhere and pop them in. So it's like a composite shot. But what we really needed is the crowd to go mental at certain points. Well, they're not going to do that if we're just filming Kasabian. They're going to go mad for Kasabian's music. So they gave us permission to let Joe Thomas go on main stage and talk to the crowd. And he was terrified. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen him so scared. And just before he went on, the, the stage manager pulled me over and went, okay, you need to talk to Joe. And I went, um, okay, what? What do you need me to say? And he's like, you need to ask him to watch out for bottles of piss. And I went, what, you are joking? (laughs) So I literally had to go and tell Joe because this is a really serious threat that people would throw bottles of piss at him. It's like Daphne and Celeste all over (laughs) again. I know, I mean, like, what is going on? 
And then, so I said that to Joe, and you should have seen his face. I mean, white as a sheet, like completely white. But he, you know, props to him. He went on stage and got the crowd to follow his instructions and chant. And they did, and they loved him. They went mad. And they all, I think they all started shouting boner at him from the in-betweeners. <laughs> so that was quite a thing. But um, yeah, we were really lucky with what we got. And, but only because we had support from the music festivals themselves. Otherwise, we couldn't have done this film. There's no way. You're right, though. Music festivals are ripe for comedy. It's amazing yeah. that we haven't seen that before. Not that I've seen, anyway. Well, you've seen, you've had, there's quite a lot of um, music festival films, but they tend to sort of be either about the aspect of spirituality, about the festival and stuff, or it's a documentary. Yeah. Um, and some of those films are amazing. Yeah, but no one's done it. And for that reason, because how do you how do you shoot a film at a festival? You just can't. So, but we were really lucky. We built this massive set in a field in Bristol. Huge festival set. We had a big old street, hundreds and hundreds of tents. We built a whole main stage. Um, so we, and then we had like 500 extras every day come along in their festival club and stand there in mud. And so that's how we sort of got away with it, really. I think we got away with it. Pretty sure we did. So I have a question from Anna, who's age 31 and works in our events and activations right, okay. team. Is Jermaine <laughs> Clement... Hi, Anna. This <laughs> is turned into a radio <laughs> show. Is Jermaine Clement as great in real life? That's what she wanted to know. Well, Jermaine Clement, who everyone should know is from Flight of the Concords, um, he is best friends with Ian Morris. And um, there's this role in the film um, that was the, is one of the guy's um, mum's boyfriend and he's just a bit of a geek and we were like who would can we get to play this role and Ian was like well I'm, I'm best friends with Jermaine Clement and we were like well Jermaine would be the perfect casting for anyone we were like we'll never get him to do this you know to fly all the way from you know New Zealand to do this um small film and he did and he literally turned up on set and the act Joe and Hamid could not stop corpsing because they almost couldn't believe they were on a scene with Jermaine Clement but he's a comedy legend but he was, he he was fair. He had a week with us filming. Um, we got him to visit all the best restaurants in Bristol, obviously, and he was absolutely brilliant. And in fact, I, I genuinely think he's the highlight, one of the highlights in the film. He's really funny, really funny. So it's out on Tuesday, August fourteenth. Now yep. let's talk about your next project. What is it? Oh, or gosh, can you tell uh, us? Crikey! Crikey! <laughs> um, well, there's a few things in the pipeline. Um, there's one project that I might be doing with Ian again. Um, I've loved working with Ian Morris. He not only is he hilarious, but he's incredibly astute about comedy and he really just understands how to craft a joke. And I've learned a lot from him and, and I think our relationship is great. So we're gonna, we're gonna do another film together and I think it's called Scotchland. Um, set in Scotland and uh, sort of a farce so um, that might be next and um, what's your dream project oh god I can't say that I mean I just like I'm just really excited about working with people that I like it's really important actually because it's really hard making films so if you're in a field covered in mud for six weeks you want to be with someone who makes you laugh so I think for the time being I'm quite enjoying working with E. Morris and Fudge Park and I'll probably be doing that for the next few years I should imagine more comedy so let's talk about the Biffers now. You're on the board of Biffa. Yes, I love the Biffers. Can I just say that? Yes, you can. <laughs> uh, what does that role entail? Um, well, Amy and Dina are the two brilliant women who run Biffers. And they sort of came to me and said they wanted to sort of have a more of a, a younger 
demographic, sort of talking about younger female filmmakers from that perspective. So um, I sort of joined Biffa with that sort of um, mentality, which is how can we improve um, life um, and prospects for female filmmakers and not just um, producers or directors, but also all the other crew, um, technical crew in particular. I'd love to see far more quality um, in those roles. And I thought by joining Biffa, that's something I can really promote. So we now have this um, a dinner, sort of emerging filmmaking dinner every year. So anyone who's nominated at the Biffers who's a female, we do this lovely dinner so we can all sit in the room and talk together. And it's stuff like that that really encourages women to know that there's, um, there's opportunities, there's role models, and um, it's just getting better and better, I think, at the moment in the industry. So I'm really happy with that. It seems over the last few years that the Biffers has really taken off and become like a major... Um, fixture in the uh, UK film calendar. What do you put that down to? Well, I think generally it's the people like Amy and Dean and their enthusiasm, but also people really love British cinema. I think there's a, there is a lot of love for British independent film and we all want it to do better. So everyone's suddenly realising, OK, well, we can't just say we want it to do better. We have to do things about it, whether that's set up more screenings for independent film, um, tweet about them, do podcasts... There we go. <laughs> but I think it's really important that people just don't say, oh, I really support British cinema, independent cinema. It's actually doing something about it. And I think Amy and Dean have been putting on loads of screenings nationwide, at all, the, all the screenings, um, all the cinemas to show off um, independent films so at some cinemas that they wouldn't even get a look in. So I think it's really important that. And um, it's about emerging talent and protecting them and supporting them all the way up to wherever they end up, which is, is it, is it going to be a studio film or is it going to just be doing more independent films? Who knows? But um, I, think it's, I think it's really great how everyone's sort of being a bit um, eyes wide open to the to the biffers and I just hope that carries on because it's so it was so important to my career it was so important to Ben Wheatley's career you know it's important to emerging talent and um, long may it continue so what are your hopes for the awards over the next few years uh, well I, I want ghost stories to maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no mind I'll say that or the festival <laughs> oh, of course the festival <laughs> but the festival won't be in this one okay. it'll be in the next is it Mr. Um, yes yes Mr. so 2019 yes yes and also the, you know and I do think it's really important to support indie films that might not be art house but they're also commercial leaning because I think you know, independent films have to look commercially, and I think that is crucial. So we shouldn't ignore a film just because it, it leans more towards a commercial outing, just just because of that. So I'd love to see more commercial films be looked at and recognised, um, especially if they're sort of independent and struggle to get money just as anyone else. So Biffa's celebrating 20 years of the best of British independent film. What's the most significant change that you've witnessed since you've been working in the industry? Um, the, the treatment of women in the industry. Um, I've generally noticed a massive shift on set, uh, whereas before I literally used to probably be the only girl on set, apart from maybe the producer and maybe makeup and wardrobe. So since sort of in the last 10 years, we've seen girls come through in every, in every job. So I think that's been really exciting. And also what's really, I mean, I s sort of stopped when we started off with Kill List and everything like that. But before that, there was sort of a dearth of, of really interestingly challenging art house sort of independent films because they were all so low budget and they sort of looked low budget. I think that's totally changed in the last 10 years because digital's transformed 
everything. So now anyone can shoot anything and make it look good. And there's no excuse now for a film that looks bad. There's absolutely none because it's it's um it's not as expensive as it used to be. And I think that's a definite change. So you see these beautiful, beautiful, low budget independent films and you just wouldn't be able to tell the difference between them and the higher, higher budget stuff that's coming out of America. On a more broader note, you make films. Do you still get time to watch them? Oh, oh my God, all the time. Good. But you have to, but if you don't, then you want a bubble and that'd be weird. In fact, I've probably seen more films than I've ever seen before. So what have been your favourites so far this year? Oh, God, Christ. <laughs> I should have prepped <laughs> you on this one. You should have prepped yeah. me on that one. Um, I mean, I saw Mission Impossible last night and I loved it. That's so. good, isn't it? If you haven't <laughs> should seen we should be talking about independent British <laughs> films yeah. here. But loved that film. Lady Macbeth, obviously God's Own Country. Um, brilliant films. I genuinely was in floods of tears when I saw God's Own Country. Um, I saw it at a Biffa screening. That is a beautiful film. It's stunning. And what I liked about it was that it wasn't a depressing ending. And it was so romantic. It's so romantic, oh, but also I'm kind of bored of depressing endings. I'm sort of enough already, you know. You can be intelligent, brilliant, and wonderful films. It doesn't have to like you don't you don't want to slit your wrists at the end of it. So I was so happy when I saw that film because I was worried all the way through. I was like, oh god, this is going to end badly. Oh god, it's an independent British film. It's going to end badly. And then it didn't. I was like, yes. So we know the festival has a happy ending. Oh yeah, it has a happy ending, <laughs> but maybe not in the way you think. But um, I think it's really people want to go to the cinema to you know escape, and and I think you've got to remember that. And especially in times like this, the one thing you really want to do is just Go and escape and get over anything that you're worried about. And um, that's what cinema's all about, really, isn't it? What are you looking forward to? Um, apart from the festival, obviously, coming out. Um, Yardi is a film that I'm really looking forward the to. Idris Elba one. Uh, Idris Elba directed it. Robin Gutch, who I produced Ghost Stories, um, produced it. And it's a warp film. Um, I've seen it, actually. It's great. Loved it. It's out at the end of August. Out end of August. American Animals. You know, he's obviously he did the imposter. Um I interviewed Bart Layton as well. Did you? Yeah. yeah, he's a great guy. Um loved the imposter. Um so I'm looking forward to seeing that. I haven't seen it yet. That looks quite exciting. Oh, Fighting with My Family, a film that I'm very much looking forward to. Stephen Merchant wrote and directed it. I saw it actually. I don't know whether I'm allowed Florence to see it. Florence Pugh, who's so amazing. Florence Pugh, who I fell in love with when I saw The Falling, um, which is Carol Morley's film and I've never been, my breath was taken away by seeing her in The Falling. And then I, yeah, so she was absolutely brilliant. So, so happy to see her in Lady Macbeth. And then Steve Carter in Fighting With My Family. And Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. And uh, and it's such a great film. It really is great. So That's I can't, out March next March, year. I know, it's supposed to be November, now March because of schedules. Um, it's got The Rock in as well. It's got The Rock. You can't beat a film about The Rock, right? <laughs> But also Nick Frost, by the way, who in the film is hilarious. And he's in our film too. He does this quick cameo role. Um, but he's literally one of the funniest things in the film. So um, Nick Frost is a joy. Widows, looking forward to Widows. Um, that looks great. It does look great. I mean, what a cast, hey? Unbelievable. Opening the London Film Festival. Uh, opening London Film Festival. And yeah, it's That's November 6th. Oh, Stan and Ollie. Very much looking forward to Stan and Ollie. Closing the London Film Festival, yes, I believe. Yes, and that's out on 11th of January, but it's closing the London Film Festival. It's John C. Riley and yeah. Steve Coogan. I think someone um, posted a tweet. I can't remember. Where, was it Robbie Collins? And just said, if there's anything more to make you more excited about film, that's this. And it was a photo of the two of them. And I just thought, yeah, 
totally right. I have seen the trailer as well. Yeah. I don't know if it's out yet, but it just looks yeah. really funny and charming. And Laurie Rose DP'd out as well. And Josie Riley looks incre- incredible I as incredible. Oliver Hardy. I mean, I'm really excited about that. Um, there, yeah. There's some really good films What are you there. looking forward to? What am I, Widows is the film I'm most looking forward yeah. to after the festival. Yeah, so obviously the film four film with film Steve McQueen. Four, yeah, yeah and, they're great. Uh, I'm, 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 we're looking ahead to award season next year, which yeah. I think is looking great. So uh, if Beale Street could talk, the Barry Jenkins is for Ah, uh, yes, uh, so everyone's talking about that. It's like, Oscar contender. Yeah, I think that looks good. Beautiful Boy looks great yep. as well. yeah. Q1 next year has got some really great titles, yeah. titles but obviously I'm going to see the festival next week you better do but but um, it is fun and I, I just want you know it's really hard to do original comedy because I mean can you count in your hand how many great British comedies have been in the film in cinema there are you know it's really tough because people have to be won over as soon as they go to the cinema with new characters and that's kind of a hard hard task so I really hope people get behind and support it um, and Ian Morris has made two of the most successful he comedies has indeed. in UK no, history no pressure there no. then <laughs> well it's out in cinemas on Tuesday the Tuesday. 14th of August don't miss it Thank you for joining me, You're Claire. welcome. You're very welcome. It's been lovely being here. I'll be back next month. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or whatever you listen to. I, I'm not, I don't keep up with all those things. Rate it five stars, obviously. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.